bringing voices that rise above the rumors, complicating the narrative. A podcast from youth, shattering myths about loss and trauma and violence-riddled neighborhoods. I love love, but love doesn't seem to love me. It seems as though it would much rather go on a killing spree, killing the hearts of those both near and far, leaving an army of soulless beings. Hi, I'm Jerry Marshall, and welcome to Complicating the Narrative. The poem you just heard was written by my lovely co-host, Mariah McKinney. Yep, that's me. The poem is written about love and trust, two emotions central to this episode. So, Raya, the poem of yours, where did you, um, what made you come up with that poem? Of course, of course. I mean, I was always taught that um, my family is a family of hustlers. A hustler was a person that got money by all means. It's like, why would you teach someone that? It um, made me not want to trust. You have to show me, and even when you show me, I'm still wondering how long is it going to take for you to show me the real you. So that can uh, dynamically affect the relationship between you and someone that really has some type of love for you because they're trying to penetrate and break that wall down, but that wall is still up there. How do you feel about that? I have to agree. There's a lot of things, even today, that I'm still finding out about my family. And it's like, that's not right. And you're teaching me stuff like this. When you get older and realize, like, do you really have my best interest in mind? I'll give a small example. So money management. Nobody in my family manages their money well. As soon as you get it, you spend it. So if you just teach me, oh, you just got paid, come on, let's go to the mall, let's spend it all. That's not going to benefit me in the future. If I don't know how to save, I'm not going to be able to do the things that I really want to do. And that's what today's episode is about. How your family can affect your ability to trust and how you can learn to trust again. I'm from No Baby Pictures, No Family Pictures, to wishing I had baby pictures and family pictures. I'm from wanting to be close to my family to not liking them at all. I'm from learning from my family mistakes to making my family stronger. Those words are taken from a poem written by Jeremy Berry, a 27-year-old Chicago native. Jeremy grew up in the type of circumstances that can destroy the ability to love and trust. Um, So how was your family life growing up? Family life was um, rough, you know. Um, my daddy died when I was two years old. Uh, coming up, my mother was a um, drug addict, alcoholic. Um, at the age of 12, we were staying with um, my stepfather. He passed away. And from that time on, that's when my life changed dramatically. You know, I was um, homeless from 12 to basically right now. You know, I basically raised myself from 12 years old to me being 27 right now. Not everyone's childhood is as difficult as Jeremy's. But many youth in black communities grew up without one or both parents. The mass incarceration of black men in America plays a role in this. The results can be devastating. Here to give more detail is Dr. Sharon Moore, who earned a Ph.D. in African-American literature from the University of Georgia. The destruction of families, you can almost directly, at least on some level, tie that to people being put in jail, right? 
if your father's in jail or your uncle's in jail or your mother's in jail, you know, it creates trauma, right? And um, unfortunately in our communities, that trauma isn't necessarily dealt with, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to acknowledge it. And the fact is, if you have mass incarceration, that's mass pain. It's mass pain for the people who are incarcerated, and it's mass pain for those people who love those people who are incarcerated, right? Those people who are connected to them. I can't empathize with that because um, my father was on drugs, and although um, the incarceration part um, didn't come about till later, um, it brought about uh, trust issues. It brought about anger issues. I mean, I can remember uh, it. It definitely brought about uh, broken, empty promises. I can remember times where he would tell me he was coming to pick me up, and I'll sit outside, bags packed, all day, all night, until my mother would come and get me and tell me to come upstairs, and me and my mother would get into it. So yes, I have a lot of um, anger issues. I have a lot of trust issues. I definitely understand that. I've experienced that with my dad. Being told, hey, I'm coming to get you. Sit there, bags packed, ready to, ready to rock and roll, but never show up. So yeah, I have trouble trusting people. It's not surprising that some black families deal with trust issues. They have faced systematic trauma at every turn, dating back to their first arrival in America. One of the things that was central to the perpetuation of slavery, one of the things that was necessary to making it sustainable, was to destroy black families, was to keep a family unit, whether that was a family unit that was created by uh, biology that was created through love, that was created through language, created through culture. It was really valuable for slaveholders and for the institution as a whole to keep communities separate and divided. To discuss ways families can heal from trauma, we brought in Dr. Dara Winley of the Family Institute at Northwestern University. I think what families can do um, to feel more supported by each other and to move on from past hurts is to seek counseling. Um, I know that that's not everybody's story and everybody can't doesn't have access to therapy, but if you don't have access to therapy, try to have a conversation with someone in your family that you do trust, um, maybe in your family or outside of your family, but I would suggest having a conversation, discussing what those hurts are. Um, I had a client not too long ago tell me that her and her cousins just meet up and talk about what's going on in the family. And that way she doesn't feel so isolated. For many people like Jeremy, family can take on many forms. Oh, yeah, I, ain't have, I, ain't, I don't got no family, but, you know, my friends is definitely my family, you know. Um, They've been through me, through everything, you know, through my ups and downs, you know. When I ain't have nothing or do nothing, they've been there for me. They um be around me every day than my own immediate family. They know more about me than my mother or anybody in my family can possibly know, you know. So I definitely look at them as a brother and not just no friend or a family in my eyes, so definitely. Dr. Winley also suggests turning to your community to find help. 
there's plenty of resources out there, even if it starts at your local library, walking in and asking them for a list of services that are in your neighborhood. Um, and that way you can connect to people in those those YMCAs or, you know, those support groups. Um, and you can develop a mentor from there. Um, you can meet different people, peers and people that look like you, you know, and get insight on how to manage a problem. Um, utilizing the internet. If you don't have access to the internet, asking someone to help you. Families of all backgrounds deal with relationship issues. Dr. Moore is quick to point out that despite facing a multitude of hardships, the majority of black families in struggling communities are loving and supportive. In my experience, overwhelmingly, we are, we are just working hard, trying to make it, right? That's love. It's not the like, hearts and flowers and rainbows and unicorns kind of love that you see on the Hallmark Channel. But the fact of the matter is, that's love. And in our community, maybe love is sticky. Like the fact that families sit down, moms, dads, aunts, uncles, cousins, whomever, sit down their male child or their female child and say, when the cop stops you, these are the things that you do. This is how you behave. That's love. Today, Jeremy Berry has two sons of his own. Being a life, you know, any way possible, you know, try to um, be that be that voice or, you know, someone that can tell them right from wrong. You know, I probably think that's why I went wrong in life. I ain't have no older person or no father to tell me right from wrong. You know, I was just doing whatever I seen my crowd was doing. You know, I guess at the time I was a follower. And it led me to a lot of things, led to me getting shot, led to me going to jail, all that. So I guess I try to be my son, you know, his, his leader, somebody he can follow and look up to and lead him in the right direction, tell him something better than all the other stuff that's going on out here. Hey, it's Mariah. Thanks for listening to Complicating the Narrative podcast, and we hope you like this episode. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and many more. Complicating the Narrative is a podcast brought to you by Contextos. Contextos uses the power of personal narrative to promote healing, reflection, and foster critical thinking and dialogue that promotes systematic change.